Well, welcome back, Hope Brooklyn. Uh, it's so good to be with you today. Uh, my name is Russ. If we haven't had the chance to meet, I'm one of the pastors of this church. Um, and I'm just really grateful for this space. Um, yes, this season is not what we wished it would be. Yes, there is so much going on in our lives uh, that we wish we could write a different script. I get all that. Um, but I've just, this last week, you're probably going to hear it in my message today, God has just been filling me with gratitude for the gifts that he has given. The way that he has um, almost reduced my vision to the, the smaller, more fundamental things of being a human, of being his child, and knowing his love. And so I'm just really grateful. Yes, I wish we could gather as the, the full body. Um, I am definitely eagerly anticipating that day to come, hopefully sooner rather than later. But until then, I know that you're you're right there on the other side of this screen, and uh, that gives me comfort. And so I'm excited uh, that we are here today. We have been in the series, Light of the World, Light of the World. And the idea behind it is really simple, uh, if not still a very bold and offensive claim. Uh, David Foster Wallace, he talks about in one of his commencement addresses um, to Kenyon University, he says, everyone worships. There's no such thing as someone not being religious. We all have a religious narrative. We all worship something and someone. And the only choice we get is what to worship, who we worship. And uh, the claim we're making straight out of the Gospels is that when we read the Gospels of, of Jesus Christ, when we read the letters of Paul, the first church planters, we see someone who if we attach our lives to him, if we turn the eyes of our heart onto him, fills us with such light that it sort of um, removes the fog, it removes the blinders, and it gives us clear vision into ourselves and of this world. He is the light of the world. And if that's true, we've been examining sort of the practices, the, the vision, the, the words, the teaching, the ideology of this, of this guy Jesus, of what does it mean to be someone in his community? What does it mean to be a follower of his above all else? To be more a follower of Jesus than I am uh, a follower of America, to be more follower of Jesus than I am uh, even uh, uh, someone in my family. I, that, that is my first identity as a follower of Jesus. And we've been looking at a, a passage from Matthew chapter 10 of different markers that should characterize his church, those who are following Jesus with all that they have and all that they are. And it comes from Matthew 10, verse 7 through 8. And this is what Jesus says to his disciples and what he says to us. I'm, I'm not going to pretend that it's not intense, but it is still what he says. And he says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. We've been examining each one of those clauses. What does it mean to heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons? And today what we're going to focus on is the one that says, cleanse those who have leprosy cleanse the lepers. Now, if you were with us last week, you're probably wondering, hey, well, what's the difference between healing the sick and cleansing lepers? Aren't they the exact same? They're, they're both sick. They both need healing. Well, actually, um, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because it is a little different. Leprosy in the ancient world was kind of this catch-all term, this catch-all term that described skin conditions, right? So uh, humans could be leprous if their skin had some condition, but also houses could be leprous. Clothes could be leprous. Garments could be leprous. If there was mild, uh, mildew 
or, or, or um, uncleanness like that. So uh, there was, it was more of a catch-all term. All sorts of things could be deemed unclean, could be deemed leprous. If someone was determined to be leprous, they would come to the priest of the community. And the priest would examine their body and say, oh, you're right, you have a skin condition. And they were cast outside the community. They were cast out, they were declared unclean and sent outside the camp, outside the city walls for a period of time, a duration of time. And once they felt like they, that it cleared up, they would come back into the community. They would go back to the priest. The priest would examine them. And if they said, yeah, you're clean, you're good to go, then they would go through this whole long list of like uh, washing themselves and, and sacrifices and all that. And then, and then they were sort of welcomed back into the community. If they were not clean, if the priest was like, nope, it's still there, they were sent back out. And that was really intense. So the, the psyche of someone who had leprosy was really uh, this feeling of, of a social outcast, to be a social pariah. In fact, we read this in Leviticus 13. This is what it says. Anyone with such a defiling disease, leprosy, must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. Intense, right? Intense. But what it's getting at is that the difference between healing the sick and cleansing lepers was this. And it's, it, I think it's really put well by the scholar Michael Coogan. He says, biblical lepers were not treated as ill, but as ritually unclean. Lepers were not treated as sick but as unclean. Leprosy was more of a social disease than a physical one. Leprosy was not so much of the physical pain that it afflicted you with, but the social pain because you were excommunicated from your community. You were cast out. People removed themselves from you because they were the clean community and you were now the unclean one. Leprosy is a social disease. And if we want to think about some modern-day examples of leprosy, I mean, we don't have to think too far. Remember at the early days of COVID, when we weren't sure what caused it, how it spread, like what, it, what was going on with it, it was invisible, and someone would pop up and say, yeah, I tested positive for COVID. And you remember that feeling of like, whoop, they tested positive? Everyone backed away, right? There's still like the, some, some stigma associated with it. Like if you test positive for COVID, you don't have to reveal yourself in some circles because there's stigma associated with it. The same is true with HIV back in the 80s. You tested positive for HIV. There was this social stigma. The community removed itself from you because they didn't know what happened. There's certain cultural sins that if you commit them, you are now deemed a leper, a leprous person. The community removes itself from you aspects of, of prejudice, that if you commit prejudice or, or, or towards someone, the community is like, whoa, we're not going to touch you anymore. You're unclean. Abuse, harm of children, right? All of these are examples, modern-day examples of leprosy, where uh, if, you, if, if this happens, if you are one who does this or, or you have a friend who does this, uh, they remove themselves from you. And they say, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to touch you anymore. You are now unclean. And yet, Jesus tells the church to cleanse lepers. He tells the church, go and restore people's sense of worth that has been destroyed 
by their community's rejection of them. Restore community. I want to look at one example. This comes from Matthew chapter 8. Um, and this is an example of Jesus cleansing a leper. And I love this story. It's one among many, but it's one of my favorites. So this is what we're going to read in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. Uh, this is what we read. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, I am willing. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. And then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. There's so much happening here, which is just brilliant. Uh, first, Jesus has just concluded what is inarguably the greatest sermon ever preached in the history of the world. The Sermon on the Mount. So for the last three chapters, five, like dropping bombs on everyone. They're like, the way of life, the, the way of the kingdom. He's just been blowing people's minds with his knowledge, with his wisdom. And he has now finished that, and he's coming down the mountain. And we're told great crowds are following him. So in this community, Jesus is at the center. He is what we would call a influencer. What he says goes. What he says is trendy and cool. If he's wearing, you know, I might get one in a different color. I might do that. He is like, he's the center of the clean. And then this leper comes to him, which already lepers were not supposed to do that. They were supposed to remain outside the community. This leper comes to him and kneels before him. And that already sounds like that's a bold move by this leper, that he's not listening to, to what, was, what he was supposed to do, but instead he comes straight into this clean community as an unclean person. And he kneels before Jesus. There's something else going on, which is really fascinating. Because we're told he knelt, but the word is proskuneo in the Greek, which means to worship. He came and he worshiped Jesus. And he actually called him Lord, Kyrios. Lord. It's the first time that Jesus is addressed by that title in Matthew's gospel. He fell on his knees. He worshiped Jesus. And he said, Lord, if you are willing you were able to make me clean. See, guys, there is something about being a social outcast. There's something about being rejected by your community that almost like removes the blinders and allows you to see Jesus for who he really is. Like, led him to recognize that that is a man who's not afraid of me. That is a man who's not repulsed by my leprosy. I can show up to this man. I can show up. And not only will he not reject me, but he actually has power to heal me. There's something about being the socially marginalized that almost frees you up to see Jesus for who he is. And think, I mean, if you look at the history of Christianity, where did, when it spreads, how does it Jesus first. 
In fact, uh, Philip Jenkins, who wrote the book, The Next Christendom, he talked about if you want to look at the spread of Christianity, it always, the first people who believe in, in, in Jesus are women and slaves. When you look at that, when you look society to society over the last 2,000 years, the underbelly of society, those who are disenfranchised by society, they are the ones who recognize Jesus as someone who is for them, not against them, and someone who is, would love them. And if you think of your own story, when, when did you see Jesus clearly? When was Jesus most It's when, even if the community hasn't rejected me, I still feel socially isolated. When I feel so isolated and alone and rejectable, leprous, that's when Jesus shines in a clearer way. That's when I recognize that he's for me, that his love actually isn't afraid of me, that this is when I need it most. And if you're asking, well, why is that? I think 1 John 2 puts this really well. So 1 thing in the world. Love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Now, what's he saying? When he says, do not love the world, he's not saying, like, don't be grateful for the world. Don't appreciate the world. Obviously, do that. God made the world. He's saying, don't possess the world. You know, like, to love the world means, I When he's saying, do not love the world, he's saying, don't ever sing a song saying, I need the world. I need the world. I need my position of power. I need this, this job. I need this promotion. I need this relationship. That is to love the world as to possess it. And the crazy thing is in our communities of this social status, we all try to climb the ladder to get to the center of the most clean person. Don't love the world because those things, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of this life, it will fade. And I know in seasons like Imagine where we were at 10 years ago or 20 years, and where we're going to be in 10 years or 20 years. And I'm not going to say that things aren't bad and things aren't hard, and they might not get worse. But I am going to say that ultimately all these things pass away. All these things go. There is one thing that no one can ever touch, and that is the core of who you are and what you love and worship most of all. See, the reason why, the reason why lepers don't love the world or they're aliens is because the world doesn't love them. The world doesn't care about them. It doesn't affect them because they have no standing. They're able to see Jesus for who he is. And the truth is, guys, is that the world is blinded in many ways. Is blinded. We repeat the past over and over I'm sorry to say it, but America is not unique in our sins. You look throughout human history, you're going to see civilizations built off of injustice, built off of greed, everywhere. That is what it means.
death, suddenly people see soberly. When you talk to CPEs who are with people at their death, guess what? And we've said this before. No one says at death, man, I wish I would have worked more. Man, I wish I would have had four more years in this position. I, man, I wish this or that. Everyone says, I wish I would have spent more time with family. wish I would have taken more walks. I wish I would have focused and not possessed the things of the world, but had my eyes set on something more eternal. Friends, fighting and worrying and obsessing and climbing a ladder of social community. Out from those places. When the world doesn't love us, perhaps we're free to still love something, and perhaps we're free to love the right thing, the one who made us, the one who says no matter what, we are his child, the one who will be with us in this life and into the next one. And he hear me, guys, because I'm not saying to love Jesus is to shun the world. Actually, and this is the paradox, most epitomized in this poem I love by an Anglican priest, and he's talking about how he learned to love Jesus and God more and more. And he says, all I know is that the more I loved him, the more I loved the world. That's the paradox. To not need the world and to, to instead need Jesus is to say the more I need God, the more I love God more than anything else, in some weird way, it opens up my heart to love this world more and more. But anyway... The leper comes, he kneels before him, he worships him, he says, Lord, if you want to heal me, you can. And Jesus looks at him, I'm sure. Jesus has a smile on his face. And he stretches. Be clean. Now, I need to pause here and say, that action, guys, that is not sentimental. It's probably compassionate, but it, Jesus is not like, Oh, this is so sweet. Let me heal this guy. No, 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 no. This is not sentimental. This is a thoroughly political move by Jesus. He knows exactly what he's doing when he reaches out his hand, touches him, and says, I want to be made clean. Because now Jesus, Jesus of this community, the lepers at the out. is unclean. Jesus is now unclean. So the center of the community has put himself in a state of ceremonial uncleanness. The new center is one willing to become unclean in the world's eyes. Which means his community, the people who are like really praising Jesus after that sermon, they have a choice now. Do they accept what he's done? That maybe Jesus is redefining what it means to be clean and unclean? Maybe Jesus is redefining would object him and they will reject him and they will crucify him and Jesus will die as a leper outside the camp. But Jesus didn't just touch him. He didn't just stop there. Instead, he healed him, which is something the priests could never do. The priests were the influencers. They were the gatekeepers. They had an illusion of power because what they said held weight and sway in the community. But all they could do was judge. All they could do was say, mm, clean, unclean, the unclean, the clean. They had no power to heal the leprosy, to restore, to cleanse the leprosy. Jesus has real power. So by Jesus touching him, Jesus is recentering his new world. 
And we do this, guys. Think about it. In our world, we all have leprosy. We all have those spots in our lives that we don't want But we don't want Instead, what do we do? We pretend, we, we try to hide them and say, actually, we're part of the clean community. And so we play this jockeying game on the social ladder to get to the center. We hide our brokenness. We hide our leprous spots that we knew that they would cast us out. And we try to get to the center. And the lepers of society are those who, whose brokenness was revealed. And Jesus is like, I see you. I see you. Who do you think you're fooling? The center of my world, says Jesus. The center of my community. God with you in your leprosy. I don't know who you moment in their past that fills them with such shame that they've never told anyone. That's your leprous spot. This story means that that moment in your life, God wants to join you there touch it, and restore it. That there is no mark. There is no mark that disqualifies you, that casts you outside from God's new community because the center of God's new community, God's new people, is Jesus. This issue. In our modern day, we don't have a universal consensus of who is the clean and who is the unclean. Instead, what do we have? We all have our virtual worlds, and we all have our own political echo chambers. We all live in our own reality, and each side thinks they're the clean, and the other side are the monsters. The other side are the caricatured, unclean leopard. I listen to my are the ones because of their entitlement or their privilege or their ideology. They're the leprous monsters that exist outside the camp. And if they would just, you know, repent, if they would come back to the community and they would change their ways, then we'd say, oh, you're clean now. You can enter back in. And we all do this. We all do this with all sorts of, of, of ways. And to caricature it, because it is caricatured, the right whole babies and clean mothers, incomes of hard And the left does the same. The left encircles voices of people who have felt historically unclean and violently shuts up those who they felt have, have used to be the clean. Now they've become the new unclean. Caricature law enforcement all as unclean. And if anyone We take our cues 
from whoever our community gatekeepers are, the celebrities, the influencers, the corporations, our side's talking heads, and we do what they say so we don't become. Do that, because if you like that post, you've now touched the leper. You've become unclean. Don't say, hey, I'm not fully on this side. I actually, like, I'm kind of on a little bit here and a little bit there. If you do that, you're cast out, unclean. And Jesus, if he were around today, he would be stretching out his hands to both sides. The unclean on both sides, touching, eating with everyone. The issue is Jesus is not around. Jesus has empowered his church Hey, I've heard that you'll love me even if no one else does. I've heard that you'll touch me and restore me even if no one else does. What, 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 what happened? What happened? Why aren't social outcasts coming to us to be restored anymore? And it's really the, the leper saw Jesus clearly. The leper saw Jesus for who he was. The leper saw that this is a guy who's actually not afraid of him, that perhaps Jesus isn't one of this community, the clean community, as they think he is. Perhaps he's more like them, destined to die outside the camp as well. The leper saw that Jesus is nothing more than a leper too. See, crucifixion is societal marginalization to the end. It is God touching our leprosy and becoming unclean himself. From that moment, the new world was born. Y'all know that's the power of AA, right? The power of Alcoholics Anonymous is that you, you never identify yourself and say, hey, actually, I am now a recovered alcoholic. I'm no longer an alcoholic. You always say, I am a recovering alcoholic. I will always be a leper that God, that, that had, the power has lost, but I'm being restored. I'm in the process of being restored. Week in and week out. We come together and we let God touch our leper's spots again. We let God join us. We are never clean. The reason why the church has been drawn along these, the same battle lines of society is because the church has forgotten, I have forgotten that I am nothing more than a restored leper, a, re, a leper being restored by Jesus. That he is joining me, that he has touched me, and that I am not clean. I am not clean. Or if I am clean, it's because he has said I'm clean. Jesus, touch our leprous spots again and again. Restore us and love us, no matter what the right or the left says about us. This space is something entirely different. This space says there is nothing we can do that sacrifices or forfeits 
this love, Jesus is at the center, reaching out his hand, touching us. I love the way Annie Dillard puts it. She describes the church, and this is how she writes this. Annie Dillard says, a high school stage play is more polished than this service we have been rehearsing since the year one. In 2,000 years, we have not worked out the kinks. We positively glorify them. Week after week, we witness the same miracle, that God is so mighty he can stifle his own laughter. Week after week, we witness the same miracle, that God, for reasons unfathomable, refrains from blowing our dancing bear at the smithereens. Week after dirty feet, handles their very toes, and That's all we're doing in this space. We're not clean. Not far from it. We're not clean. Joined us and touched us here and is restoring us into right relationship with them. We are nothing more than restoring lepers over and over. And we say to everyone in community, come, come be restored. If the world doesn't love you and they probably won't, or if they love you today, they're going to reject you tomorrow, come here. Because in this space, you will be restored forever and ever. You will know who is powerful, the only one who has this power to restore. Is clean. He's not ashamed of it. But joining us, there. If God is there, then who will you not touch and restore? If God is looking at the worst of the worst in your life, that spot that knows, says, I have touched it. You look at anyone in society and says, no, you're too far gone. No, you can't change. No, of course they can. Yes, they can. They can come right now and receive the love of Jesus. It is theirs. It is theirs. Do you remember what it was like when you were first touched and restored and you didn't deserve it? And if we don't do that, if we don't welcome lepers, guys, if we don't welcome the social outcasts, if we are also people who cancel one another, if we are people who cast people out, if we have this new cleaner unclean, then, then who will do it? If we do that, we'll no longer see Jesus for who he really is. The only way we see him for who he is is if we recognize our status as nothing more than a leper restored by his grace, restored by his activity. It's all right, believe it or not, to be people. Can we do that with one another's feet? Can we scrub in between the toes after they get dirty again after another week and another week, another leprous spot? Scrub them and say, it's all right, believe it or not, to be people. Who can believe it? We're going to sing a song of response and remember that this is who God is in our lives and this is how deep his love goes for us. But before we do, let's, let's pray together. And I want to challenge wherever you're at, who is that person? Maybe, maybe you're the person who you feel rejected by the world. 
you feel like you've been cast out by every side, I want to tell you, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome as you are to come to show you. The only condition is that you cannot hide. You have to show your real face, your real leprous body, your real leprous soul to Jesus and let him touch, love, and restore. Come and receive that. But maybe you're someone who's forgotten that you are nothing more than a restored leper. Maybe God needs to work in your heart and point out a person or a group of people who you will not welcome into your presence. You will not welcome unless they change certain things about themselves. Political side. Who is that? Can God remind you of your status as a leper touched and restored by him? Therefore, how could you not love and restore others? How could you withhold your affection from them? And if you don't, then who will? So Lord Jesus, we just offer our praise, our worship to you. We offer our love and our life. Lord, we we confess that we have forgotten and often we do forget that we are nothing more than lepers restored by your power. And that the center of the church, the center of this community is not cleanness, but in fact is God joining us in our uncleanness. God joining us and restoring us there. So the center of the people of God are those who do not hide our brokenness, but instead we bring our leprous spots to one another over and over and over. We bring the ways we have been rejected by society over and over. And we let you restore us again. Lord, would your church be a people not afraid of the lepers? Would we be a people who do not cast out the lepers, but instead, whatever it is that they are judged for, whatever it is they are condemned for by the world, would we say, here, you are not condemned. Here, you can be forgiven and loved and restored. There is no spot, none, none that is too hard for the Lord Jesus to love and restore. Here is where it's restored. But the only way it's restored is if you bring it up, if you don't hide it. And you don't have to be afraid. Here in this place, you don't have to be afraid. So Jesus, as we sing a song in response and gratitude to you, would you remind us all of our status as lepers? All of us, all of us, lepers, saved and loved by your grace. It's in your name.